Hello my distant friends, welcome to another edition of Bitch and Brew, a podcast about music, life and everything in between. I am your host, Danny Randon, and this is episode number 46, the first episode in a long time, a long old time indeed to arrive exactly one week after the last one. We're like a proper podcast again. I can't make any promises that I'll be able to keep this up, but I will take pride in this undisputed winner's streak that I'm currently on. That aside, I'd like to uh, thank you for tuning in wherever you are in the world right now, however tightly you're locked down during this pandemic. I'm coming to you as ever from Bitchin HQ on the south coast of the UK, where we are, much like last time, absolutely clueless as to what lies ahead. Um, That's really kind of all the time I want to personally dedicate to coronavirus-related chatter in my intro to this podcast. I kind of did a big spiel about it on episode number 45, uh, and there is kind of plenty more to come in that vein, but hopefully I've presented it in a way which won't bum you out like watching or reading the news does at the moment. Of course, a special thank you goes to anyone and everyone who checked out the last episode of Bitch and Brew, which had my lovely chat with Chris Laporto, frontman of the band Can't Swim. If you haven't heard that yet, it was a really fun chat recorded pre-lockdown when the band were last in the UK. I had uh, you know, a great time with that one, so if you want to go back and check it out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast, that would be awesome. Um, little Can't Swim update slash plug since I since I put that episode out one thing that I discussed quite extensively with Chris on the podcast was the band's pretty admirable work rate they've put out one album or EP every year since they've been a band which is you know every year since 2016 and then when I put the episode up I found out just minutes later that they'd only gone and released another bloody new EP that same day Um, Out of nowhere, like a pack of Randy Orton's hitting us with an RKO. So I did just want to quickly point you in the direction of that new EP. It is called When the Dust Settles. They put it out as ever on Pure Noise Records and it contains reworkings of four uh, staple Can't Swim tracks from their already vibrant career. It's it's a really good vibe, uh, this EP, especially, you know, what with one thing and another and the world just totally going to shit. Um, I... I just don't think you can ever go wrong with Can't Swim. So make sure once you finish listening to this episode, of course, uh, that you go and check out their new EP, which, as I said, is called When the Dust Settles. Right, on to my guest for this week's show, and it is indeed a returning guest. Now, the the... The idea of getting guests back for another bite of the of the bitch and cherry, as it were, uh, when we're not even you know fifty episodes in proper, has always been a tricky thing for me to comprehend personally. Just because you know, not not to say that's you know any par on the on the kind of quality of my guests so far, but they you know there's so many guests on my wish list that I haven't had on the podcast yet that I kind of wanted to get on before going you know and inviting uh, people that have already been on the podcast back for another go, but. At the same time, it's undeniable that when you get that that kind of perfect level of chemistry with a guest, you've got to bring them back. Um, you know, I, I think the prime example is look what happened with the Dirty Nil. We had a lot of fun at 2000 Trees in 2018, and of course I wanted them back on for a proper chat as soon as they went back in the UK, which just so happened to be a couple of months after, so we went for it. So this guest 
uh, is back for their third appearance on Bitch and Brew in less than a year, I should add. I don't think this ever happened on Bitch and Brew before. We've definitely had people coming on for their third go. I think the only person that's done it so far is... Um, oh, God. I'm trying to figure it out. I think it's Joey from I Told You I'd Eat You. And maybe Daniel Fisher as well. Um, but this guest on uh, this week's episode has never been the sole guest on an episode of Bitch and Brew. He's always been part of a bigger sort of bumper episode of the podcast. Uh, the person I'm referring to in this instance is Sammy Irwin, the guitarist of multiple bands, including the likes of uh, Renounced and Bitch and Brew favourites employed to serve. Um, as we'll get into during the chat you'll hear in a minute, both employed to serve and Renounced um, had a bit of spanner thrown in their their respective proverbial works by the uh, coronavirus pandemic, and they ended up having to cancel shows in the UK and mainland Europe, and obviously that sucks. So in this episode of the podcast, um, which I kind of see as the first in a series of special episodes, where I get some of my favourite guests of podcast past back on board for a, for a little catch-up chat, um, especially those who whose work has been significantly affected by current events. Um, get, get them on so that you can hear from them, uh, you know, from their own mouths, how you can support those great artists at this time and what to expect from them as soon as we can start going to gigs and festivals and whatnot. Once again, obviously, we don't know when that is, but, you know, it's nice to have something to look forward to anyway. Uh, Sammy is obviously a great dude. We first had him on Bitch and Brew during the Slam Dunk Festival special last year. That was the first time I met Sammy myself as well, and we just had a blast. Um, that was just a matter of weeks after Employed to Serve put out their phenomenal record, Eternal Forward Motion, which I'm gonna play I'm gonna play a clip from the title track in just a second, on the off chance that you haven't heard that record yet. Um and then Sammy came back on alongside his bandmate and then fiance, now wife, um, employed to serve lead vocalist Justine Jones to tell us about uh, their favourite albums of twenty nineteen on that big end of year special that we did at the end of last year. So having spent a bit of time with Sammy at this point, I knew he was such a great dude to chat to and he's he's such a hard worker and really he deserves any platform he can get his uh, you know his hands on to tell you about his experiences, his concerns at the moment, but most importantly his his hopes for the future. So uh, we're going to dive in in a second. A little caveat before we do that. I have obviously previously uh, really prided myself on recording as many episodes of this podcast in a face-to-face capacity as I can. I tend to shy away from doing a lot of phone interviews, even though we do get a lot of uh, offers to do that sort of thing. But, you know, I tend to shy away from them just because I feel like you can't quite generate that same level of chemistry over the phone uh, like you can uh, in in person, face-to-face. Um, I think that's probably, you know, not a challenge that is exclusive to Bitch and Brew. I think that's a challenge for any podcaster or just any interviewer of any kind. Um, However, under current measures, I cannot do face-to-face interviews with anyone outside of my household. So I have resorted to uh, recording interviews for the podcast via Zoom, the the conference calling software, which I'm sure you're all familiar with at this point. Um, So if there is some, you know, 
sometimes patchy audio quality. I do apologise. I have obviously tried as hard as I can to bring you the best uh, quality of audio possible. So I hope it is at the very least listenable and maybe hopefully even enjoyable. Uh, I'm going to leave it at that uh, because now we're going to dive into my special lockdown chat with Sammy Irwin right after this clip from his probably his primary musical outfit, uh, Employed to Serve. So this is Eternal Forward Motion. Stay tuned right here on Bitch and Brew for my chat with Sammy Irwin. I'm absolutely uh, overjoyed to welcome back to the podcast for technically his third time on Bitch and Brew in less than a year. Now, not not many people can say that, but it, but it is your first time as, as the only guest on the podcast. You're not having to share the limelight this time around. It's about bloody time as well. I know. I only mean- managed to... That pesky Justine Jones. <laughs> you've got to you've got to work your way up to that privilege and 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 you've worked for it. So so congratulations. I should probably introduce you. Um employed to serve renounced glorious guitarist and, and pretty much for every other single band on the planet at this point. Uh, <laughs> it is the apocalyptic riff wizard slash lizard himself, Mr. Sammy Irwin. How are you, sir? Hey. I'm very well. I'm very pleased that you remembered my full name as well. And uh, yeah, stoked to be here. Thanks for having me again. Do you, do you prefer Mr. Wizard or are you all right with, with just Sammy? Sammy's fine, yeah. Okay. Like, just to keep it nice and simple, you can call me Sammy. <laughs> Mr. Wizard is appreciated, but I'm cool with Sammy. <laughs> so, well, I suppose that kind of uh, typical opening question uh, at this sort of strange time uh, is is especially pertinent at the moment. Um, how how are you under under lockdown at the moment? I'm I'm pretty good for the most part. I mean, I'm like I'm not like a kind of you know a, a total sort of stay at home hermit, but for the most part during the week I tend to like stay in the room that I'm currently sat in now, writing riffs or doing something like that. Um, so it's only occasionally I kind of get that little like, oh, I'd kind of like to go out for dinner tonight or I'd like to go to a show or something like that. So from like day to day, it kind of hasn't bugged me too much. It's just that occasional feeling every now and again of like, like oh, I just need that little something to kind of break the norm. You mm. know what I mean? To kind of, yeah, I don't know, just get out of the house and stop going completely stir crazy. But no, I mean, for the most part, I can't, I can't really complain. I think there's a lot of people in, yeah, a lot worse situations than I am right now. Mm. Well, it's lovely to, to be seeing your, your surprisingly well, well kept beard attached to your face on this, on this Zoom conversation have, right now. I have tried. I must admit, I thought like, as soon, well, as, soon as like lockdown got announced, I was like, right, I can't let it, you know, go completely wizard. I have to keep it somewhat, you know, together. But uh, just to kind of uh, illustrate for the, for the listeners, because this is of course an audio only format. Uh, tell us a little yeah. bit about your, your sort of lockdown situation. Where, whereabouts are you right now? Hi, so I'm, I'm at home in Woking. I live with uh, Justine and my mum. 
So it's the three of us together. And yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty nice little lockdown crew we've got going on, really. Mm. Like, you know, it's given us a lot more time to sort of hang out and watch movies. Like we've, we watched Ghostbusters 2 last night. Obviously, before that, we watched Ghostbusters 1 because you can't just jump right in and watch Ghostbusters 2. No, no. You no. have to, you know. You have to do it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just go and drive with, with Ghostbusters 2. No, no, no way. You've got you to you watch both. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it's like, yeah, it's, it's pretty all right here, really. Like, mm. yeah, got a good little crew going on. Have you, so you're you're kind of in the room where a lot of the, the riff writing happens. I see an electric drum kit in the background there as well. Um, what I can yes, only indeed. assume is a box of, I, I assume, maybe records or merchandise uh, in the background there as well. Yeah, boxes I'm, upon boxes. I'm kind of glad you can't see the whole room because even, even though it's what I would consider fairly tidy right now, it always just looks like an absolute mess because there's just so much shit in here. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> people come in and be like, oh, I mean, you know, you should really do something about this room. It's like, well, what? I mean, I need all of these things. I can't just, you know, make them disappear, you know, and make the room, look, you know, tidy. It's just, yeah, this is this is the sort of the storage room for like not all of the ETS gear, but a lot of the ETS gear and all the gear I use, merch and everything else, really. Yeah, I, I call it the mustard, as you can probably gather because yeah the walls are yellow i wouldn't have quite called it mustard it's more of a sort of sunflower yellow maybe i don't know i feel like maybe maybe the camera's not doing it justice because when you're in here it's pretty it's pretty intense pretty mustardy it is pretty mustardy yeah <laughs> well it matches it your really aesthetic unfortunately but hey it matches uh employed to serves bright and sunny disposition Exactly. It matches the uh, the glorious cover, I suppose. Yes, yes, and we will get on to talking about that, obviously, because you've somehow found the time to put together uh, another band, even during lockdown. Um, obviously, <laughs> riff, riff writing aside, have you um, have you resorted to exploring any other sort of new hobbies in lieu of um, not being able to spend ninety five percent of your time on the road? Um. Not like any particular, like anything really new. I mean, apart from writing, I've spent a lot of time out in the garden. I feel like I'm like retired or something, because like the particularly in the first couple of weeks of lockdown, because I spent a lot of the time just like pottering around the garden, doing those like bits and bobs that you always put off doing. Like I was sanding down like garden benches and you know putting a new like coat of varnish on them mm. you know getting involved in the flower beds and stuff like that and i was actually really enjoying it i'm not gonna lie uh, um yeah so i've been sort of yeah in, <laughs> apart from writing ap- apocalyptic riffs i've just been out doing a spot a spot of gardening do you do your neighbors uh, get pretty pissed off with the uh, the soundtrack of choice when you're doing your gardening or do you keep it to the headphones uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty courteous to be fair. Like the only time I think I've been playing music outside is when I'm like out there for hours, like if I was like painting a wall or something like that. But I tend to keep it like fairly like acceptable. Yeah. You know? Hard rock rather than like you know death metal or anything like that. Yeah, I can't imagine the neighbours being too happy if you start doing the gardening with like Lingua Ignota playing in the background or something. Yeah, exactly. Well, initially, they'll probably be like, oh, okay, this is all right. And then it starts to sort of, you know, build and build. And 
reached the climax of her just absolutely shrieking and howling and then yes yeah, oh, i'll be a little bit um disturbed i suppose yeah yeah exactly um i mean you know going going kind of back to to life before lockdown uh which seems you know so so long ago now um i was i was thinking about it and it turns out that the last band i actually saw live before lockdown was employed to serve when you guys uh came down to the joiners in southampton on your uh on your uk headline tour um, before the the kind of untimely conclusion of that tour, how how was that for you? Because I understand it was a, a sort of a tour of multiple firsts for you. It was like the first headline tour, technically in support of Eternal Forward Motion, and it was your first tour with your with your new drummer as well. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, it was fantastic, really. Like. Like definitely the best headline tour we've ever done. Definitely one of the best tours we've done all together as a band. And um, yeah, no, it was really amazing to kind of do like a full, you know, run of UK shows with Eternal Forward Motion having been out, you know, for almost a year at this point. And um, seeing the reaction it's had with people. I mean, mm. hearing people singing the songs back to us was just, yeah, it was amazing, you know. And um, yeah, it was cool to be out like with our new drummer Casey as well. He's like just slipped like right into the band and you know kind of thrown in at the deep end as well because his like first show with us was a headline show, you mm. know. So if you know if there's ever a crowd to kind of be nervous in front of, it's like a headline crowd because they're going to know your songs the best. You know what I mean? We're not supporting yeah. someone else where the crowd's not maybe too familiar with our material. So he was definitely, I guess, under the magnifying glass. And um, yeah, he, well, he nailed it, man. Like, yeah, I'm, I, must, so I must admit, you know, uh, it, it must have been one of the really early shows, Southampton, on, on that tour, I think it might have been. That was the first one he played with us. That yeah. was the first, that was Casey's first show with Employed to Serve. Mm-hmm, Yeah. You wouldn't you you wouldn't have been able to tell he didn't miss a beat it, it was it it really was um you know a fantastic show and um you know obviously you kind of went ahead and and uh, tore up most of the UK after that after that you did that fantastic yeah the only show we had to drop was Leeds so uh, yeah we were like very very happy that we managed to kind of get all of the well, pretty much all of the UK before we had to cut it short. Mm. But it, it was so crazy because I think I think it was London when there was first talks of like, I think, you know, the rest of the tour is going to be cancelled. And I remember at that point thinking like, nah, like really? Like <laughs> at this point, I hadn't really, I hadn't started to understand how big this whole, you know, pandemic had become and mm. you know, how serious it was starting to seem and like yeah i couldn't believe it at that point and then within a matter of days the rest of the tours cancelled countries are starting to like lock down and then it was only a couple of days after that that we went into lockdown mm-hmm. so i mean it was incredible how fast it all escalated basically yeah so obviously you were saying the uh, you know the only uh, show on the uk leg of the tour that you couldn't fulfill was the last show which was meant to take place in leeds um yeah. And then you subsequently uh, pulled all of the shows in Germany and the Netherlands as well. Um, what was your experience of the days leading up to that? Um, well, yeah, I mean, kind of like I was saying, it was this disbelief at first. I saw like a couple other tours starting to get cancelled. And, you know, at first I was just like, 
no, I don't think we're going to have to cancel our dates. It doesn't make any sense. And then, yeah, sure enough, you know, I think it was maybe by the time we were in Newcastle, which was like the day before Leeds, it was like, yeah, all the European shows had to be pulled. Um, and then we decided it was best to, to pull the Leeds show as well. Mm. And yeah, it just it changed just like that, honestly. Like, you know, one minute we're in London, you know, with about 500 people and everyone's jumping on top of each other. You know, which sounds completely irresponsible now, but at this point in time, yeah. no one kind of really knew how it, you know, extreme, you know, it was all going to get and the measures that were going to have to be taken. So, you know, you know, you got the London show, everyone's jumping on top of each other. And then like, I don't know, maybe less than five days later, you know, the UK's in lockdown and we're all being told to stay away from each other. So, yeah, yeah it was... It was a weird, very, very weird week leading up to it all. Shit, shit got real very, very quickly. I think. Yeah, Did big uh, time. obviously it was devastating that you had to pull, uh, you know, the lead show and then and then the entire sort of mainland European run. Uh, did you feel like you had to kind of um, uh, swallow a lot of pride, even though obviously the decision was very respectfully made for the safety of not only yourselves but all the employed to serve fans as well. Um. No, I'm, no, not not particularly. I, I kind of, I mean, I felt bad for all the people that were coming to the shows that have been cancelled. I felt the worst for the lead show because we cancelled that pretty like, you know, well, obviously very close to the to the show. I mean, we, I think we pulled the show, you know, like an hour or two hours before doors because it all, all of a sudden became very clear, you know, that that was the right thing to do. So no, I just I just felt bad for people that wanted to come out and see us. Um, and um yeah and you know basically just say now that we will you know honor those dates you know further further along you know when mm. when we can and it's safe to do so I, I don't think there was ever any doubt of that obviously you guys are you guys are <laughs> yeah, road hogs so um so yeah i mean and this is obviously not the only tour cancelled for you i should mention as well you you had a oh, full right. tour with renounced that was meant to take place in April. Um, am I right in thinking you were on that tour right. personally? Because I know, obviously, due to commitments with yeah. Employed to Serve, you can't do all the renounced touring, but were you a part of that tour as well? Yes, yeah, that's all I was I was going to be on that one. It sort of lined up perfectly, really. Mm. Um, yeah, so, yeah that, yeah, that sucked as well. But, I mean, it was, yeah, it's like everything sort of planned this year. It's all just kind of it's all fallen apart but at this point you kind of just go oh well that's the way it is and you know you know that further on down the line you're going to be able to reschedule those things mm. and you know get back to doing it uh, i suppose you know um obviously uh, i think a lot of people have been worried about the sort of logistic implications uh, of of the measures mm. and and just a lot of stuff that is kind of out of their control uh when you when you have to cancel shows like that last minute does that cause a lot of headaches can you give us a little sort of a uh, peek behind the scenes in that sense it well i mean it causes a bit of headaches because i mean obviously you're sort of waving any sort of payments every band on the tour has got stuff they've got to pay for, like van hire, crew and things like that. I mean, mm. you, you know, we obviously have to still pay our crew because, you, you know, I mean, you can't just like, you know, they've been there all day. We even did the sound check in Leeds, you know what I mean? So, right. so yeah, obviously you're kiss, kissing goodbye to like your fee for the show. I mean, fortunately for us, there wasn't any sort of major headaches really, apart mm. from like we lost a bit of money, but nothing, nothing crazy. I mean, I think bands have you know, recently been through a lot more stress than 
that we had to go to cancelling our shows. Yeah. Uh, and like, for, fortunately, with the Renounce tour, we had Vatican coming over from um, from the States. Uh, and fortunately for them, they hadn't already like booked their flights or anything like that. So, wow. you know, they didn't lose out on all of that or lose out on paying for visas. But I mean, mm. that's, you know, an idea of what other bands, you know, you know, I've had to do in this situation. You know, they paid for flights to go to places. They paid for visas. Paid for visas to go to these different countries. And um, yeah, you know, what I mean, and it's it's all kind of lost. You know, what I mean, hopefully mm. they've been able to get some money back where they can on flights. But you know, I think it's been a big headache for a, for a lot of bands having to cancel their shows. So, so as we sit here, kind of recording this, we obviously had the. Um, announcement from uh, the government yesterday about the the sort of roadmap in terms of you know gradually easing lockdown it's obviously all very conditional at the moment so a lot of us are just kind of trying to keep an open mind about what happens in terms of the future of you know live music for this year you've had a lot of people saying that you can basically kiss goodbye to all gigs and festivals and, and mass gatherings of any kind in in 2019 yeah um Obviously, I know it must be hard to to kind of uh, have hope. Um, not to not to paraphrase Svalbard in that instance, um, <laughs> but um, uh, how how hopeful are you for the for the kind of future of live music? No matter how kind of ambiguous the future is at the moment. I mean, I think I think it will be okay. I mean, I know that's kind of. Hard. It's it's hard for me to say because there's so many people working in that field, and I, I can't really talk for you know venue owners and promoters, and you know because that's not a situation I'm in because I know there's a lot of trouble there with with venues closing. But I think you know the time will come where we can play shows again. Venues will be out, able to open up. I think it'll be maybe different than it was before maybe there'll be new venues maybe there'll be new promoters stuff like that but, but i mean people people want to go to shows people want to play shows it mm. will it will come back you know what i mean mm. you know whether it's different than before you know different from before or it's you know the same as it was you know people are just going to want to go to shows so you know i feel mm. hopeful yeah, you know, the time will come. I mean, there's all these talks about you know what what will the new kind of normal be because things may never go back to the way that they were. But one thing that I do think kind of hope that that I hope sticks around even after this pandemic is long gone is the the sort of sense of community that has really kind of been fostered yeah. out of this, especially within the alternative music scene and the kind of banding together for independent music venues and and for artists really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, no, I, I, I also hope so too. You know, I mean, there's been a lot of like banded together and a lot of support been shown, and it's been amazing to see you know people still releasing music and still you know in this current time where people might not be like too sure financially what the future holds that people are still able to support record labels and still support these smaller venues Mm. that are struggling right now i mean that's been really really cool to see hello folks danny here i hope you're enjoying this episode of bitch and brew i'm just popping in to break up this chat with sammy Irwin uh to remind you that if you haven't done so already please subscribe to bitch and brew on spotify apple podcasts acast 
uh, Anchor, or indeed wherever you get your podcasts. Um, if you have had to travel away from your podcast platform of choice to listen to this today, because you know Bitch and Brew doesn't stream to your favourite platform at this moment, do get in touch via social media at Bitch and Brew Pod on Twitter and Instagram, or search Bitch and Brew Podcast on Facebook. You can get in touch with me via any of those platforms. Let me know where you'd like to listen to the podcast moving forward, and I'll see what I can do for you. Right. Let's go back into the second half of my chat with Sammy, and as we will be discussing at length in this second half, he has a brand new band with his fellow members of Employed to Serve and Renounced. They are called Glorious. They've got their debut EP coming out on the 3rd of July on Sammy's own label, Church Road Records. This is the title track from that EP. It's called Unashamed. If you like what you're about to hear and you want to know more about this new musical outing from Sammy, make sure you keep listening to Bitch and Brew. Eternal Forward Motion, which is obviously you know a record we've spoken about multiple times uh, on this podcast, with or without you. Um, it was from our previous conversations we've kind of gathered. It was written while you were essentially you know bedbound and housebound with your um, with your previous uh, back ailments and your and your fucked sciatica. Um, yeah. How 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 is your back these days? By the way. Yeah, it's, it's a lot better, thanks. I definitely don't suffer from sciatica, you know, anywhere near as bad as I used to. Mm. It, it creeps up on me from time to time, just like reminding me like, hey, no, 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 no. no. I get carried away now. But I touch wood, it, like I haven't pushed my body, you know, to the point of breaking again. Yeah, yeah. You can still you can still endure that mad crowd surf you did at Arc Tangent last year. <laughs> yeah exactly that's what i'm kind of saving myself for now is like on stage that's kind of like the time where i can abuse it you know the most and then when i'm off stage i've got to be like really careful which must look extremely hypocritical to the, you know the rest of my band because you know i get them like carrying all the heavy stuff and things like that and i'm kind of like you know i've got to be careful of my back and then we get on stage and then i'm literally just like fully like body banging and you know <laughs> Jumping on people and things like that. Probably like, that's a prick, man. There's nothing wrong with his back. Oh, so now your your back's fine. (laughs) Exactly. Now you want to show off, your back's all right. Yeah, convenient, man. So, uh, bearing in mind that kind of, uh, that sense of imposed isolation that Eternal Forward Motion was written in, has the current situation inspired any creativity in that sense? Do you, you, are you, are we maybe going to have an employed to surf concept album written all about the the pandemic oh my goodness could you imagine could you imagine just come out with like the next record covid19 um <laughs> no i mean it has it has inspired writing for sure i wouldn't say the actual world situation has inspired the lyrics or you know what the record might be about but i mean it's a totally similar situation like you say like 
I'm sort of at home again a lot with nothing else to do apart from write. So mm. it's yeah, it's very safe to say that like writing for the next album has has begun for sure. Fantastic. You know, I'm feeling super, super inspired at the moment to write new songs. Are you kind of uh, making the most of uh, modern technology to kind of communicate with the... Obviously, I know you live with Justine, uh, but uh, communicating with the other with the other bandmates of uh, Employed to Serve and your various other projects, have you been making the most of, of modern technology? Yeah, for sure. Like, we've had a couple of, like, Skype calls. I mean, we, we talk on WhatsApp quite a lot anyway, but since we're used to, like meeting up for band practice you know every mm. week or every couple of weeks like even though there's not a lot of information to kind of report on right now we've had a couple of like you know skype meetings just to kind of like touch base and see mm. each other's faces again because you know without trying to sound soppy i think we all kind of miss each other and you know miss hanging out you know at practice and stuff like that have you been doing quizzes we've been doing what sorry quizzes Lockdown quizzes. Quizzes? Oh, sorry. No, I haven't. I actually, at first I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to do a quiz. But I've seen a couple of people doing them now. And I'm actually like quite, quite inquisitive, actually. Right. They look like they're quite a lot of fun. Um, well, you don't have any quiz yet? Oh, mate, I've been, we've been weekly quizzing, honestly. And oh, e- really? Even though I was a little peek behind the curtain there, even though I am currently furloughed from my day job, because Bitch and Brew doesn't pay the bills, surprisingly, um, I was uh, the quiz master for the, for the weekly, uh, weekly quiz at my day job. Uh, last week, I, I, did a, I, did, I did a specific, I did specifically a film quiz, and there was a roundabout, oh. there was a roundabout specifically horror movies. So, but I made sure not to keep it like too obscure. Yeah, yeah, okay. Keep it to the sort of like the classics. Yeah, yeah. Like I've been, I've been pretty good at that, depending what era of horror movies. Okay. I like all the like, old, old, fairly cheesy kind of stuff. Anything like Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, stuff like, like that. That's the uh, slashers. You like the slashers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Of course that's, you do. That's, that's the that. that's the most death metal of um of horror genres. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's got to be on your on your CV, I guess, if you play metal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let me give you a couple of the questions from it. All right. This wasn't a part of the plan originally. We'll get back to chatting about whatever in a minute. Um, but uh, okay. So, what did they use to create um Reagan's vomit in The Exorcist? Oh, I have no idea, but I'm going to enjoy guessing this anyway. It's all, like, green and super slimy. I'm going to say, not entirely, but mushy peas would have been involved. Oh, you are so close. You are so close. It was, in fact, uh, pea soup. Ah, shit. But, yeah, it was close (laughs) to the colour thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right then. Um, so the real-life exploits of the uh, serial killer Ed Gein... One of our favourites, yeah. of course, um, inspired uh, which classic horror movie villain? Leatherface. Yeah, well done, mate. I didn't even give you the multiple choice there. Uh, oh, that's thing. They, uh, they no have... need. I was about ready just to, like, as you were saying the question, I was just going, take the Chainsaw Massacre. Um, all right, I'll give you one more. Um, so, 
the infam- the sort of famous um, egg chamber scene in the first Alien movie where John Hurt first discovers the alien eggs. You know the one I'm on about. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. w- uh, which iconic British rock band uh, lent Ridley Scott some lights for that scene? Oh shit! I have no idea. I'm gonna guess. Um... You say British rock band? Right? Yeah, legendary British rock band. Okay, I thought you were going to say which famous uh, legendary British rock band was inspired by this and later used eggs on stage. And I was going to say Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. Tap. <laughs> that wasn't the question. Um, oh, I don't know. Fuck it. What year was it? It was like was it seventy nine? Seventy nine. Oh, Black Sabbath. Oh, no. It, it was The Who. Oh, shit. Ro- Roger Daltrey... Roger Daltrey was experimenting with some lasers in the studio next door to Ridley Scott. Of course he was. Um, of course he was. There yeah, we go. Yeah, so, so that is uh, uh, Bitch and Brew's mini, mini horror movie quiz. Well done, Sammy. You got... I, I wasn't... I wasn't counting the score, but you did well. You passed. Well done. Let's take one and one and a half. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Wait, I can I can take quizzes off my list now. Yeah, there we go. You're done. Well, well, one thing you you have had the time to do, obviously, somehow, uh, because you are Sammy Irwin, and old habits die hard. Um, you found the time to start another band. Um, yes, so yeah. let's talk a little bit about Glorious. Uh, so, from what I understand, it is essentially um, an employed to serve and renounced supergroup. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a mashup of the members. We're we yet to use the the term supergroup, but if you want to, then go right ahead. All right, we'll use it. Fuck it, why not? So, so how did this how did this project come together? Because I assume it was obviously pre lockdown. Indeed, yeah. So we recorded the EP in January, which seems like forever ago now. Um, but the songs for for this particular EP, anyway, like I had written, um, I don't know, maybe not two years ago, but maybe like a year and a bit ago, like they were written. Because I had like a couple of EPs worth of like material written for like a new band that I was going to start. Mm. Uh so I was kind of jumping between the different EPs that were written and then eventually was like, oh, no, I really like this set of songs. And then kind of just hit up uh, Nathan, who plays uh, bass in ETS, Cast, who plays um, bass in Renounce. Uh, Nathan's playing guitar in Glorious, though, right. so that was really confusing. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just I got in touch with them because they're the kind of guys who are just like, same as me, are just like wanting to do bands. Mm. It's like you go to them with some songs and the idea of doing a band is like, yeah, cool count me in um so yeah that's how that's how the band came about so all all those songs were like written by myself like quite a while ago like moving forward it's definitely going to be more of a collaborative effort but Mm. that was kind of like these songs are kind of like the the kind of the mission statement about the band yeah now we've kind of got like a a vibe and a kind of style we can sort of move forward together you know writing the, the newer material well, obviously, we've all heard one song so far. 
which is yeah. uh, called Unashamed. Uh, it's from the EP of the same name, which is coming out in yeah. July. Um, and you know, I was I was really you know looking at obviously the the material that you've been working on in you know in your sort of main musical exploits um, of recent. I was really pleasantly surprised at how kind of bright and and sort of hooky and melodic it is and obviously a, a huge thing that kind of stood out uh was um was justine's vocal style on this it's almost kind yeah. of um like a bratty punk sort of thing it, it, it felt almost kind of riot girl in tone if that makes sense it kind of makes you think of those 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 kind of feminist punk bands from you know the 90s and what have you um what, yeah did would you say that this was kind of uh influenced by that scene because i also feel like it kind of takes a bit from that turnstile angel dust almost like happy hardcore uh scene that has really flourished yeah. of the last couple of years totally man i mean it's like it's kind of funny because justine was asking me today like i think she's done an interview recently and they've asked about glorious and what the influences were behind it and um yeah, every, everything you said's like definitely part of it. It's just, I mean, it's just we, hardcore punk in general, really. Like, I was listening to Inside Out, which was Zach LaRoche's old band before Rage Against the Machine. Mm. I listened to a lot of Rage Against the Machine when I wrote that stuff as well, which I guess, obviously, you know, Turnstile and bands like that, I'm, I'm sure, listened to a lot of Rage Against the Machine. Um, early AFI, um, yeah, just anything with that kind of like fast aggressive like kind of hardcore punk kind of attitude really mm. there wasn't any like one particular band that you know was the sort of the main kind of catalyst for for, for wanting to do it but definitely the bands you you mentioned uh you know part of the uh the collective kind of vibe we were going for for sure and i assume you recorded this ep down at the the ranch in southampton Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> is there old Lewis John? Is there nothing that Lewis Johns can't do? Honestly, I don't know. There's probably a few things, but inside the world of producing and engineering, he can do it all. He's but the, he's the guy, sure. isn't um, he? But yeah, it was it was really fun. It's the first thing we've done with Lewis where it was like, for the most part, just like all recorded live, just like a couple of like overdubs for like you know a few like lead bits and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, that was really, really fun to do. Mm. So obviously you're going to be putting this EP out on your own label, Church Road Records. Um, yeah. Now, was was that quite a kind of a conscious decision for you of wanting to kind of take everything when it comes to the, the kind of release of this EP into your own hands? Or, um, and I don't mean, I mean this in the nicest possible way. Was it just a matter of kind of convenience that you could put it out on your own label? Yeah, I mean, a, li a little bit of both, really. I mean, we're definitely not against working with, with other labels in the future. Uh, but I don't know, it's kind of because of the current situation we're in, we kind of didn't want to push too hard for a label to put it out. I mean, particularly because obviously we can't tour at the moment. We're a brand new band, so that's a big gamble, mm -hmm. you know, right there. And then even when we can tour, we don't know how much we'll be able to tour because we're all, like, all in ETS and all in Renounced as well. So at this point in time, we just thought it's a safer bet to like release it ourselves. So no one, no one else is kind of like banking on us apart from ourselves, if you see what I mean. Yeah. 
because of the current climate, we just thought it'd be a bit of a big ask to, you know, get a label to financially invest in us. Mm. Do you do you see uh, the the way you're kind of talking about aspirations towards touring this project? Do you see Glorious kind of taking on more more of a life of its own beyond being you know like in in inverted commas a, a side project of employed to serve and renounced? I definitely want it to. It's just one of those things we're just going to have to kind of see how it all plays out because I've had this before with bands where I'm like, oh, I just, yeah, I want to do this and I want to play as many shows as possible and then you get booked up with everything else and it becomes very difficult. But I'm feeling feeling fairly confident, particularly because of the people we've got in the band. Like I said before, they're all just like super keen to just get away and play as many shows as possible. Um, because of that, I'm feeling pretty confident that we'll be able to squeeze in, you know, a few tours here and there at the very least. Well, I'm sure those shows will be very fun when, when we finally get to go to them. And I'm really excited yeah. uh, to hear your your take on Typo Negative, uh, which is going to be on the EP. I'm um, very excited to, to release that. That's going to be the next song we release from Exciting. Oh, fantastic. Oh, so, yeah, we won't have to wait too long. Excellent. Yeah, obviously you've covered um, I Don't Want to Be Me, uh, which, you mm-hmm. know, I, I know I shamefully... Uh, know very little of typo negative but i i know that song <laughs> like because who doesn't yeah, yeah. Uh, and listening to yeah, it i was like oh oh yeah i can totally picture this working so um so i'm excited oh good man <laughs> hopefully it does so um as we were as we were saying earlier, because of the uncertainty of everything sort of on a societal level at the moment, it's hard to know what kind of happens yeah. next in terms of restoring uh, you know, the the live music scene and just the, the music industry altogether and, and you know how it kind of works yeah. and and there may be some, you know, longer term changes need to be made and you know, all this talk of a new normal. Um but in in kind of lieu of not being able to do anything about that at the moment, I suppose the focus for especially for fans has turned to how we can support artists in the interim. So um, yeah. the 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 question I'll leave you with today um, comes in two parts. It's very important. This comes in two parts. Um, so first of all, how can people uh, support uh, your bands? So employed to serve, renounced glorious and you know obviously all the other bands that you and your bandmates are part of um if on the condition that they have um some money to spare at the moment they're not going to gigs they want to put their money into supporting you in some other way uh what's what's the best way to do that uh merch is is the best way merch and, and records basically so yeah i mean if you if if you if you have money to spare, then like picking up stuff from from a band is like the best the best way to support. But you know we never want to kind of like limit it to that. You know we're just as stoked when we see people just like sharing our stuff on mm. like Instagram and stuff and just shouting out that they're that they're listening to us. But um, but yeah, if if financially you can put in money into bands by by buying merch and picking up records is the is the best way to do it. 
And and in terms of you know the, the multitude of online platforms available to do that, is there kind of a, a yeah. way in which you more kind of directly benefit in terms of say would would you directly benefit more if someone bought your record through your Bandcamp or through let's say it's employed to serve through like the Spine Farm online store if if it's renounced through the Holy Rural store then then you would say if you bought that album through I don't know a big high street chain like HMV. Um, I mean, I, I, I kind of don't want to discourage any of it, really. I mean, for us as the band, I mean, Bandcamp is definitely, you know, the best for us where we kind of see, you know, the most the most money coming in. Um, but, you know, f- with with the, with the records, you know, we're just as happy for people to go pick them up from Spine Farm. Uh, but, yeah, for us to kind of get maximum sort of like, money coming in band camp is the one and particularly you know when they've been like waiving their fees as well like mm-hmm. doing a couple of fridays uh out of the month that's i mean that's been sort of a big help and like shout out to everyone who picked up merch on those days because that that was like a huge huge help for us and a lot of the stuff because that's the thing like we're still you know working on stuff behind the scenes and tours that are you know potentially happening within the time frame that they're supposed to might be pushed back but you know, flights are still having to be paid for and visas are, you know, being paid for right now and stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, having those people sort of pick stuff up on, you know, Bandcamp on those days when people were waiting mm-hmm. for fees, that was huge, huge help. Fantastic. Sure. Um, and the second part of the question, we've kind of already touched on it, uh, but obviously a lot of people have been left in a bit of a tricky financial situation, whether they've been, you know, furloughed from their job and or on, you know, a, uh, you know, have had to take a wage cut or, or they've been, you know, laid off work entirely or they're, they're kind of freelancers or running their own business and they've just suddenly had, you know, a huge loss in income. Um, yeah, there there are obviously ways that people can support uh, bands at this time uh, with little money. So, could you go into into the ways that people can support you when the funds aren't necessarily there at the moment? Yeah, like I mean, like I was saying before, just just sharing our stuff and stuff and saying that you're listening to us is is support in itself. You know doesn't necessarily have to be like you know money you know the way in which you support us just shouting us out and stuff like that's awesome and it keeps it keeps us inspired as well because like without trying to get too cheesy about it, we're not we're not playing any shows or any, anything like that at the moment so you kind of get a bit like bored and a bit <laughs> like Whoa, and sort of in the dumps and stuff but you know, when we sort of we posted about a total forward motion being like a year old yesterday. And just seeing everyone commenting on it and saying what their favourite songs were and like tagging us in it just gets us like super buzzed to keep writing the next record, which is the only real thing we can focus on right now. So those are, you know, those are just as good ways to support the band as picking up merch. You know, that is bad research on my part that I didn't know it was the uh, the one year anniversary of um, Eternal Forward Motion. Did you say that's yesterday as as we record this? 10th yes, of May. Yes, yesterday, yeah. Yeah, wow, fantastic. Well, congratulations. Um, and, that, you know, know... I can't believe it's been a year. It's so weird. Crazy year. so right? quick, isn't it? And it feels like just yesterday we were sat backstage at Slam Dunk getting freshly acquainted yeah. with one another. Um, and I must say, it's been a pleasure having you on for the third time now, Sammy. Uh, you're welcome back on any time, obviously. And, and we very much hope to see you back out on the road with all your millions of bands 
um, very, very <laughs> soon. Yeah. You know, so, soon enough, we hope. But um, take care yeah. of yourselves yeah. and your family, and we hope to see you soon. Likewise, my dude. Peace, and thank you very much for having me. As you could probably tell, I had the loveliest of times once again catching up with Sammy Irwin. Thank you, Sammy, my friend, if you are listening. Um, As you heard, we would, you know, both highly encourage you to do what you can at this challenging time for the music industry and its artists and also... It's uh, behind-the-scenes players, you know, the multitude of venue staff and touring crew uh, and so on. I've put links in the description of this episode to the Bandcamp sites for Sammy's three, let's call them main bands, um, Employed to Serve, Renounced, who you heard a clip of just then, that's their single Self-Inflicted, um, and his new project Glorious, featuring, featuring members of the two aforementioned bands, um, Employed to Serve have a tremendous album out now, which is called Eternal Forward Motion. Both Brad and I had that in our Albums of the Year lists back in 2019. That's out now via uh, Spine Farm Records. Uh, Renounced also put out a kick-ass album in 2019. That one is called Beauty is a Destructive Angel. And that's out via friends of the podcast over at Holy Raw Records. Um, And then finally, Glorious, they've got their debut EP coming out 3rd of July. It's called Unashamed, and the band are taking pre-orders for that now on their band camp. It's coming out on Sammy's own label, which is called Church Road Records. Um, Speaking of Church Road, Sammy also does a a shit ton of vinyl uh, distro through that label, Vinyl Distribution. So some of the finest heavy music around is available to buy via the uh, Church Road Records online store. So I will leave a link to that in the description as well. Uh, one thing that I didn't have a chance to mention during that chat, Employed to Serve are one of the multiple bands that the Good as Gold group, again, friends of the podcast, are looking to support through their new non-profit initiative. I mentioned this on the last episode. It's called The Tours That Never Were. Um, and it's an initiative to raise funds to keep multiple independent UK bands, touring crew members and charities afloat at a time when they really need every bit of support that you can spare. So go and pick up a t-shirt or a tote bag or you know one of their really awesome screen prints uh, if you can. Again, link in the description uh, alternatively as we mentioned uh, you know w- we appreciate that times are, are hard for a lot of people out there so if you don't have any money to spare then that's okay uh, just go and support the artists by streaming their music on legitimate platforms and uh, declare your love for them uh, as much as you can to all your friends on social media and that love especially now goes a long way for those artists honestly uh, speaking of social media you can follow bitch and brew on twitter and instagram at bitch and brew pod on both of those 
You can also search Bitch and Brew Podcast on Facebook and give us a thumbs up on there. Uh, like I said earlier, don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Acast or Apple Podcast, um, Anchor, basically wherever you get your podcasts. This is this is the um, this is the first in what I'm hoping will become a, a short series of special lockdown chats that you that you really won't want to miss out on. I just know it. Um, so of course, if you are listening. On Apple Podcasts, and you like what you've heard, then don't be afraid to leave a little, you know, positive review. Just saying a few kind words. I'm not asking for five stars unless you think I deserve it, um, and it may not seem like it, but that sort of thing is, you know, really important to independent podcasts like Bitch and Brew. Uh, that is it for me for another episode of Bitch and Brew, episode number forty-six. I'm off to rewatch Sex Education on Netflix again. So until next time, thanks for listening. Uh, Don't forget to be loud, be kind, be bitching, and stay the fuck home. Bye!